0: She married six times, two husbands died suddenly, two disappeared, one was almost poisoned and another shot dead. She had killed her stepson in a fire while her own son was institutionalised. She shot dead two fellow immigrants and stabbed a nurse to death. This is Lizzie Halliday, the worst woman on earth.
1: Daryl, why don't you I ever done na 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 na
0: I did at the start. Now I think it's just too mainstream. <laughs> that
2: sounds like quintessential Daryl, all right. That sounds <laughs> like quintessential <laughs> yeah. True. I did like Mumford & Sons before they were mainstream. Did. I they were hot shit?
0: Oh, I had a Facebook notification of um, Mumford & Sons equals class. That was it. <laughs> did you post that? And on did you actually write that? I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> it came up i got a memory like three or four years ago yeah i was like oh the, the idea of even posting on, on facebook yeah
2: yeah i didn't think in like the early 20s i was that angsty but then you look at some of the posts you've done and you're like oh shit yeah i was kind of a twat yeah no college <laughs> on fridays Saturday. yeah
1: the, the worst <laughs> ones are when it's like i don't know if messenger wasn't a thing or we didn't use it but like we would have full-on conversations i got a notification from about you dara and it was like me and you discussing like what time we were meeting up at or something
0: yeah messenger <laughs> wasn't a thing yeah, it was yeah.
1: bizarre it was like hey i'm gonna be in john hume at uh 12 like, oh, okay i'll be there just after i'll you're see you at the what <laughs> yeah
2: do you, do you remember trying to fit a text into the characters so you wouldn't go over the 13 cent fee so that's why we yeah. used to do text speak or whatever yeah. what, what what time you oh, like you just try and get the smallest possible writing in
0: <laughs> it's or weird that text. like you
2: could kind of still web well, oh yeah web text what's yeah. web text
0: like vodafone used to have like 300 free oh, yeah. web text, so you'd log in on the website and then send the web text that way
2: yeah. yeah i forgot about that i totally forgot about that i know it was an iou thing with vodafone it messes them and they send you like two euro two euro or something like, yeah well not free at all but yeah you yeah. Know.
0: or who yeah some people just used to use it it's like this person doesn't have any credit please ring them that was
2: a free <laughs> oh, as well. yeah, you right? can just spam you can yeah. just spam your friends with that all the time <laughs> that's enough text talk let's get back to talking about the meat of this episode which is lizzie halliday who has been described as america's first female serial killer um but then i googled it and i realized there's been a load of female serial killers before her but she had a little bit of prominence and she was involved in a few firsts but she definitely wasn't the first female serial killer so dara's calling her the worst woman on earth he's not just plucking that out of thin air she was dubbed the worst woman on earth by the media, and it was kind of one of the monikers that stuck with her throughout her life. Um, like all of our episodes, this person has a lot of names. She has a lot of names and a lot of nicknames. And there was even a time where she was thought to be Jack the Ripper, but that makes absolutely no sense.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into that later. It's a very short research section for me, but uh, yeah, we're jumping to the end. So let's
2: uh, pull it right back to the start. Uh, so she's Irish, right? Yes, she is Irish. She was born in Antrim in 1857. She was one of nine children. And then about at the age of five, between five and nine, she moved over to the USA with her family. Um, But then another source I found was like she committed her first murder in Belfast. And I was like, I don't think a six year old would have been killing people unless she went home. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I've met some some kids from Belfast and they're pretty tough. So uh, I wouldn't discount that idea.
2: (laughs) Five year old. But anyway, there's not too much. We just know her family kind of, it was a couple of years after, the, or a good few years after the famine. So her family were obviously moving to New York, I think, to start a new life. And yeah, well, she sorry, got she, real busy. She was born
0: like 20 years after the famine, so it's not that far.
2: Yeah, true, true. But, um, and of course, you're getting to America when it's the, the land of opportunity and stuff. But like, she she kind of hit the ground running in when it came to getting married, because I think she found her first husband at the age of 14. Um, but as you can imagine this story it doesn't end well for many of her husbands let's just put it that way
0: she left her family uh, at the age of like 14 or 15 and it was around this time she started to have, show violent tendencies um, she quit school uh, and became a cleaner for different people and one of these people which i have is her name is just simply mrs g and she employed her to clean her house and she made a comment to Lizzie saying that she's doing her baking wrong and Lizzie just absolutely lost it, threatened to call the police and got a lawyer involved saying that Mrs. G was beating her and treating her unfairly. And he wasn't too sure if she actually believed that she was being beaten or was she actually just trying to scam these people. So that, that started very young.
1: Jesus. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty early years. to be starting.
0: Yeah. so It seems like Swindly people... people.
1: Yeah, she also seems very house proud. Then is she like? Oh, maybe it was just a conf like a mix up. Like she was trying to, she was making fun of her batter, and then she went to the police, and they thought she said she was
2: getting battered. Oh, you really need to practice these jokes. <laughs> yeah, do you not have like a housemate slash girlfriend? You can run them through her. Yeah, uh, she did actually give me a
1: joke that I'll be using oh, later. God. I'm going to be stealing it. So brilliant! Can't, can't wait. Get to that later. <laughs> we'll build up to that. I can't wait for you to cut out that joke. <laughs>
2: The first person Lizzie married was Charles Hopkins. And do you guys have anything about him? Or I have a little bit, but not too much.
0: He has a weird nickname of Catspool Brown.
2: Ooh, was that the one who refused to join the army or something?
0: For the no, he deserted the British army. So that's seemingly why he changed his name. Gave Ooh. himself an alias. Yeah, so I, I've got a bit on him. So are they kind of the relationship? They, they they don't know his age, but it's she, he's significantly older than her. Uh, and they reckon they first met when she was doing his laundry <laughs> so oh.
2: yeah, which was... by the way that comes back in a lot more she um i think the way this woman did laundry was basically tinder for her cuz she met a lot of her husbands this way <laughs> yeah
0: yeah <laughs> but this this charles guy charles Hop- Hopkins wasn't he seemed a bit of a shady character as well uh, there was one example that he was doing work for a lady called mrs Campbell who was married at the time and They came up with a scheme of of swindling money out of people. He convinced her to to rob her friends and they they would run off together. So at the time he was still going out with Lizzie. She gave him the money and he was like, no, I'm not running away with you. That's it. Uh, Yeah. yeah. She was double, double crossed. (laughs) Double, double crossed. (laughs) But she didn't give up there. Mrs. Campbell just was so enamored by him and just wanted him so much that she kept call him to his house and look for for, looking for him lizzie wasn't happy with that as you could guess and she this lady woke up all right sorry woke up dead (laughs) yeah that's exactly what i was going to say she didn't (laughs) wake up the police found her with a bottle of poison beside her bed wow yeah and it's been it's been marked as a suicide or an overdose but uh I don't know, when you you read more into Lizzie, I think it could be linked into her. Yeah, that
2: that one isn't attributed to her too much. And as well as that is the demise of Charles himself. Lizzie and Charles had a child together, and then a year into the relationship, Charles mysteriously dropped dead.
0: It it was a bit of a weird one as well, his death, because the doctor said it was something to do with his lungs. gave gave up something that he worked in factories and stuff, so I think that's what that was linked to. When, in the future, when she spoke about him, she said that he died of typhoid fever, so I don't know why she'd go against the doctor's yeah, really good like medical reasoning, yeah, the doctor later on said that Hopkins opened up to him, saying that he was afraid of her, and she's threatened my life, and she will kill me. It's so cryptic, like what did he mean? <laughs> <laughs> psychological stuff so Jesus. and we're we're only at the age of like seventeen here.
1: Yeah, do you reckon she got away with it then because, like, they didn't properly investigate it because she's only young? They're like, ah, she's only a wee thing. She wouldn't have done anything like that.
2: Well, it, it, yeah. what I what I think is quite important to think about is, like, um, you know, mental health is going to play a role in, in the, the way we talk about her later on. So just, I guess, be conscientious. Like, a lot of the stuff she does seems quite well thought or very well done or well hidden. But at the same time, like, what you were saying, Connor, is that, like, they're probably not looking for a female serial killer either. They probably didn't even yeah. know much about serial killers at all, to be honest.
1: Mm, yeah, they were fair as Um <laughs> So after the death of Charles, she moved on pretty quickly. Uh, in 1881, she married Artemis Brewer, and he was a pensioner, uh, so quite old. And so, again, quite a large age gap, which I don't think would have been that weird at the time. No, I think
0: security... Uh, I, and get, stuff I think and, there's a massive hmm. age gap between anyone at the age of 17. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you have on a Rush there? Because all I know about him is he
2: died
0: one year into his marriage.
2: Well, i just have that he was actually a little bit more of a shady character as well. He was quite into opium, I think.
0: The Yeah, he was originally prescribed opiates uh, by the US Army to treat wounds or to treat something that happened in battle, but he just became addicted to it.
2: Understandably, if you were taking it like paracetamol and you didn't know how addictive and nasty it was. Yeah.
1: It must have been gas being a doctor back in the day Like if someone was sick you'd be like alright have some cocaine Oh you don't feel better right Have bit a try bit of opium uh, See how that goes for you And uh, yeah if you're not sure we've got this new thing Heroin's pretty good. Oh you got a
2: little uh, bite in your arm there Yeah that that's coming off
0: <laughs> The bite? No the arm <laughs> Just one heroin One, one co- heroin that's all you're allowed <laughs> <know.
2: laughs> Now kids Only one heroin before bed okay <laughs> oh, Madness well, I guess they thought it was working. You know, I, I did actually look into this, but, like, um, what's that thing called? Penicillin didn't really exist until another 30 years from now. We're, like, late, nearly at the turn of the 20th century. But, um, so, like, if you literally got infections and stuff, like, you're, you're fairly fucked. I, I'm surprised the, mor- the mortality rates were just mad.
0: That's what killed most people at wars during that time, though. It wasn't bullets or whatever. It was actually infection. Really?
2: Mm-hmm. Madness, absolute madness. But back, sorry, we we get distracted quite easily, folks, in case you're wondering. But back to Lizzie and Artemis. Uh, It seems like she was very, she was quite nasty to him. And there were accounts from neighbors where she would take his cane and she'd beat him over the head with it. So they obviously didn't seem to have the nicest relationship. But at the same time, well, you know, they obviously didn't seem to have the nicest relationship.
0: But at the same time, what's the saving grace there?
1: I don't know. She used
0: to beat him with the walking cane. They loved each well, other, though. Maybe
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Deep down, they loved each other, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, Eesh. deep, deep, deep down. But Artemis met an untimely end as well. He died of a suspected opium overdose, which is very convenient.
1: How long were they together? Uh... Less than a year. Less than a year again. Okay. She seems to have commitment issues and just kill like instead of like being able to just break up with them like any normal seventeen year old getting your mate to text them or something. She was like, No, nope, I'll kill them with opium. Or poison. Pretty
2: much. Or poison. And it goes on. She kills in other ways too, like.
0: Yeah, so she's like seventeen or eighteen at this stage, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. She's still, still in her late teens. Two people late teens. What were you doing at eighteen? I was just happy to get into a nightclub. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm <just> <laughs> But i wonder where was there any suspicions raised at this stage now or are they still like i think she had a tendency to when things got a little bit hairy she'd change her name or she'd become like a tramp and go on trains and disappear for a while and come back somewhere else under a different alias which mm. at the time would be quite hard to tell who are you where did you come from you know
1: yeah. where did you go cotton joe <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it's mad just in the states at the time just to think about this world where you could just get in a train and go somewhere new and just declare who you are and that's who you are there was no like tracing or no anything really it was complete mental
2: yeah i don't don't think i'd bring it up but there is some reference in lizzie's life where she ended up showing up somewhere and be like i'm your sister and they were like oh wow welcome sister like and they hadn't seen her in 20 years but i guess because it had been a correspondence of letters or they hadn't seen each other for such a long time Yeah,
0: that's the they're the mcquillans yeah there she ends up killing them doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Don't get yeah. away,
2: Dara. <laughs> Spoiler, Dara.
0: <laughs> I've been dying Any- to meet you. Anyone we <laughs> mention is going
2: to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. Just a, well, well, we got husband number three now in 1881. So the same year who came along. His name had a very, very strange name. It was Hiram Parkinson. But um, he actually really didn't get along with her. He did not like her. Not one bit.
1: Yeah. And he just decided to take matters into his own hands and just,
2: he just bailed. He just left, right? kind of he said i want you gone when i come back and he went on a trip and when he came back she was gone but she'd also sold everything in his house and taken everything <laughs> so this is like the respect first... her for that yeah <laughs> they play like she's like the royal you gone was it? you said that to the whole house but um yeah so he she he basically came back to an empty fucking house um but little did he know he was alive which was one of you know he's already beaten the odds here so was, little did he know he was alive. Little <laughs> did he know. He,
1: was alive. <laughs> he wasn't aware of the self. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so she, she just ran away from husband number three. So he did get away with a, a lucky escape yeah, yeah. without knowing. Yeah, him.
2: exactly. If you don't value your possessions.
0: <laughs> hmm. I would give my bed and all up for, you know, my life.
2: Yeah, for arsenic poisoning. Not. It's not too bad. Yeah. So husband yeah. number four comes along. His name is George Smith. And he was actually very close friends with hu- husband number two, Artemis. So, which is also a bit strange, because you're like, what's he com- coming on then? Does he not realise she has a bit of a trend here? Or, like, was she that maybe amazingly attractive or something that... Or maybe they were just... I feel like people just married very quickly in this kind of age.
1: Yeah, life expectancy, like you were saying, was quite short. So, I mean, you may as well. Especially at the, the age the men that she's marrying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and true. especially if you're marrying her, it seems to be a very, like a good way to shorten your life. We are kind of bombing through the husbands, but we, like... There's so much story after this. Like this isn't just we're not trying to just yeah, get this yeah, podcast yeah. recorded. So George Smith had served with husband number two in the army, right?
2: Yes, husband number two. I, I'm not sure if he served in the army together, but they were they were good friends. Um, but I'd assume that the husband, the the new guy, didn't really know that there was murder involved. He probably just thought it was innocent enough. But like um, nobody knew. Yeah, no, well, you think they'd start to get a little bit wise now. <laughs>
1: But, like you said, she was bombing around the country. She was moving around. So, no one, there was no trace of her, really.
2: True, true, true. Kind of, yeah. Brand husband number four, George Smith. So, things were quite short again for Lizzie. She obviously got sick of him and she decided, I want to off you. And she poisoned his tea. And it's this one. I don't know, did you get this, uh, guys? But there was an interesting story where she literally was like, Here, sit down, drink this tea. Like, she was very forceful and made him drink the tea. Yeah. And then he got. Yeah, he was like, I I don't want the
0: tea. (laughs) (laughs) He really didn't want the tea. It smells
2: like almonds. Oh, really? Yeah,
0: he's just like, no, I don't want tea. There was some funny sentence. I can't remember it, though. She was Irish.
2: You can't say no when an Irish person offers you tea. We all (laughs) know. And and
1: this is where the character of Mrs. Doyle was based on, wasn't it? She's like, (laughs) "Ah, go on, go on, go on.
0: (laughs) Oh, sorry, that's what it was. It was like there was milk and sugar in it. And he's like, I only drink black tea. And it's like, drink it. Drink it. (laughs)
2: I needed to hide all the arsenic that's in there. So he, what happens here? He ends up in throngs of pain. The doctor comes to pump his stomach. Or maybe he goes to the doctor to pump his stomach. And then when he gets back, Lizzie has fled. So she realized the jig is up and she has just got the fuck out of there. So she completely disappears now. Yeah, she just has
1: gone for, (laughs) she's gone for a good while. And we don't really know where she is until she shows up in Vermont a couple of weeks later. Exactly. Yes.
2: Well, no, the, the timeline here is she's 22 now. And she's in Vermont, and here's where we encounter husband number five. Yes, Charles Playstill. Okay, which, oh, he's he's a very interesting one because there's just no record of him. She is here, she marries him. Two weeks happen, or well, after two weeks, she disappears, and there is no records of Charles Playstill anywhere.
1: Oh really? He's just I just I all the reports I saw was like, Oh, she left after two weeks, but he vanished there is as well.
2: Nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. So it's not not even like he died under mysterious circumstances. There is just no more records of him. So in theory, he could have met someone else, had a lovely, happy life under a different name. But um
1: Yeah, lived in a forest up in Vermont somewhere.
2: Yeah, gone full hippie. Yeah.
1: Six foot under.
2: <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Who knows? Either it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one. Right, so we have five husbands who have come and gone, some of them literally gone, some we don't know. It's now 1888, and Lizzie and her son have befriended this woman called Margaret McQuillan in New York. So they're, the McQuillans are Irish, and their family must have known each other back home or whatever. So they stay for a short time with the McQuillans in New York before Lizzie, goes, Lizzie and her son goes on to Philadelphia. And by this stage, she was now going as the name Maggie Hopkins.
1: The McQuillans that she met up with, she went in to kind of see them. I think they owned a bar or like a saloon, a a saloon or salon. I'm not sure how do you say it in the old Western. She went into their bar or salon thing and she knew all the family and she knew their names, but they didn't, couldn't place her. And they thought that she was their sister who they hadn't seen in like 20 or 30 years, right?
0: Yeah, the brother was just like, just welcomed them. He was head of the family and he was like, oh, sister, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Which was like, how close were they?
2: Yeah, did you see bad. that story? Well, actually, I've got a few stories in my head right now, but the one about the family who like adopt a child from the Ukraine, and the child ends up being like a like middle aged man who stunted growth. Yeah, I did see that. I can't believe odd. that's a real story. <laughs> I thought that was something completely made up. And oh it- no, it was a middle aged woman. It was a woman because she had was having her period, and they're like, "Our infant shouldn't be doing this." Basically, and it's very a very weird story. I don't know. <laughs> It sounds like Mo Man in The Simpsons when he pretends to be (laughs) Bart. Maybe. Very, very bizarre.
1: (laughs) Simpsons, it.
2: Back to Lizzie. She's in Philadelphia now with her son. She sets up her own shop, but she decides she doesn't fancy that. So um, instead of closing the doors, she decides, what if I just burn down the shop? So she burns it down, but the fire spreads and burns down the two buildings beside the shop. And this was her first time... Oh, by the way, she was burning it down because she wanted the insurance money. So again, she was strategic. Maybe execution was quite sloppy, but we'll no put on there. But, um, but the way she planned things, she, she, had, she wanted money. She, wanted, she killed for money. She killed to advance herself, I think
0: did you see that she cleared the entire apartment out of furniture as well there was a couple of pots and pans left in it but she took everything else out really? to sell and then she lit it up on fire jesus she's thrifty yeah. what
1: can we say i don't think she was the brightest she had great ideas she's like the ideas person in a company you know when you've got a company and you've got the ideas guy and then you've got the person who does the logistics like so in the office she's the, when she's the like...
2: ocean yeah, yeah basically <laughs> i have a plan i talk about it for five years and then eventually I do a half-assed <laughs> <blob. laughs> For her crimes, for burning down this this shop and the other two buildings, she was sentenced to two years at Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. So I think this is the point where she lose, loses custody of her son. She goes into the penitentiary with her son. They see signs of uh, domestic violence, so maybe she'd been abusive to her son, and he's taken away from her. That's um, and It's one of the times she was sentenced where she loses custody of the son, anyway, is what we read. She was free in 1899, and going by the name of Lizzie Brown... And it was at this stage, she met her final husband, Paul Halliday.
0: Before we get into Paul, we just... Or Lizzie, get, or
2: Paul gets into Lizzie. Wait, wait. <laughs> God. <laughs>
0: God. M- Paul's a 70-year-old man. <laughs> Sorry, he flops into Lizzie. Oh, stop. Before he pushes rope into Lizzie. Oh.
2: This is educational. <laughs> School children will listen to this.
0: she travelled around the eastern coast sorry (laughs) 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 oh images (laughs) Uh, before meeting her sixth husband she travelled around the eastern coast of America with a band of gypsies and at some point she then went to meet her family it was her sister Mary that broke the bad news to her that her father passed away and this is kind of a link that mental Ill- illness was in the family he seemingly in his final years suffered from some mental issues as well Lizzie didn't take the death of her father well at all Mary took her to the grave and Lizzie tried to dig him up with her bare hands. Did she not want to use her human hands? Oh. <laughs> oh, we're doing so well
2: we're doing So well, Connor. <laughs> uh, Was I? X minutes since a Connor pun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i should have a board behind me yeah paul halliday was kind of an interesting one because they met i think it was he was looking for a housemaid
0: paul was in his 70s at this stage and he was widowed twice he seemed a bit of a weirdo as well there was a story going around that another lady was working on it on his farm she fell ill and instead of getting a doctor he went to dig her grave
1: yeah, and then she got better, didn't she? B- before... <laughs> yeah, she got
2: better and ran. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed really in love with Lizzie. But look, she was 22. He probably didn't know about all of her previous husbands. He Maybe he didn't mind because she was, you know, he was in his 70s at the time. So he was probably delighted to be getting a bit of action. Who knows?
0: I have the opposite, nearly, that he married her purely to save on her wages, knowing that she'd just have to do the housekeeping for free when they got married. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've seen both of that. So I've seen reports from, like, his kids that he had from previous marriages. Yeah, sorry, saying... So
0: yeah, he had Robert and John who were still living with him at the time when Lizzie met him. Um, both in their 30s, from what I could see.
1: Yeah, but they didn't like her. Yeah, they thought that she had, a, like, a special hold over him or something. Mm. Like, a special grip. But then I've seen that other one. The quote was, She worked as a housekeeper for Mr. Paul Halliday, a widower whom she would later marry. Despite the fact that he was 40 years his junior... Uh, it was said he married her purely to save paying her wages, which, I mean, they got married after three months. Three months? Jesus. That's a long that's a long uh, dating time for her, yeah. Maybe she just liked caring for people. No, she didn't. She was very abusive. Um, let's get off that throat.
2: Well, it seems like what she did was one-up. Like It seems like she wanted to do things to benefit herself more. She always seemed to be furtive and to be trying to make money and trying to steal and... You know, it's well, that's the thing because this will come into it very quite soon the when they're trying to decide if she's mentally ill or not. And a lot of the stuff she does kind of sounds like she's smart. She's nasty, but she's smart. maybe it does seem like she knew what she was doing, but again, it might just be a thing of
1: her not executing an idea like her idea of marry an old guy, get take his money. But Paul Halliday wasn't that rich and was famously a bit of a miser, like didn't spend money on anything. So it's almost like bad execution again.
2: Like we said earlier, Paul was very fond of Lizzie. One of Paul's sons, John, had special needs, and it seems that Lizzie didn't seem to like the amount of care that it took to look after him. One day when Paul had gone away for the weekend or for the week, um, there was a terrible accident in the house where the house and the barn burned to the ground and John died in the fire.
0: Yeah, Paul returned and Lizzie claimed that John, the son, had helped her out and saved her life, but it was then discovered that John's bedroom was locked with John inside it, and Lizzie had the key in her possession.
1: Yeah, again it's a <laughs> Oh God. It's another case of she has the idea. Now I'm not gonna call that a good idea, but <laughs> she had an idea and her execution just wasn't Yeah. It just seems... It seems like she's very, very selfish, right?
0: Despite all this, Paul still stayed with Lizzie and it came back to bite him a month later when she burnt down his barn and his mill, declaring that he needed a new one anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of feel sorry for the guy. I mean, that's a bit of an understatement, Darren. (laughs) You kind of feel sorry for him. It just gets worse, though. Then she runs off with a a male neighbour stealing horses uh, and... Get found in a town nearby, with her companion gone. She's smiling under a tree, and when asked where he's gone, he she says that he's gone to fetch some rope so they could enter the heavens.
1: What the fuck? Yeah, that's um. Yeah, she seems like a catch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and just to clear this up, she was arrested for robbing the horses and not killing John.
1: Yeah, and. What's the what's the crack with? She was arrested in a different county, right? So, or district,
0: district, or yeah,
1: yeah. So she's not prosecuted for
0: any of the fires, right? Okay.
2: Yeah. Well, I think they only heavily suspected that she set the fires. I think they knew she stole the horses. I guess. Okay, yeah. Shitey kind of argument.
0: But I get she did also put, put his barn and mill on fire, so she probably could have got arrested for that. Yeah.
1: So and but she goes yeah. away then for a couple of months right so it's that happens in like may or something and she's
0: yeah may 1891 yeah Yeah,
1: and she's sent to an asylum not a jail right yeah because obviously yes
2: yeah now if if you look deep into this because again this is stuff we'll never really know but it's suspected that it was at this asylum where she learned how to fake signs of mental instability so that's one argument we've heard
1: i think burning down a barn because you need a new one anyway is a pretty good sign of (laughs) mental instability. Yeah. Um, So after three months, they declared her cured, and she went straight back to Holiday's house. But within less than a year, he was missing. Dun, dun, dun. When Paul brings Lizzie back to the house, uh, everything's normal for quite a short amount of time, and suddenly the neighbours noticed that they hadn't seen him around the farm that much. Uh, even though he usually would keep to himself, you know, in a small town or in the countryside, you'll always see someone coming and going. So some of the neighbours went up to Lizzie and asked her where he was. And her excuse was that uh, he went to town to do some masonry work.
0: A
2: 70-year-old man went off to build a wall. <laughs> but his uh, his son would call over as well and Lizzie would fob them off. So people were starting to get a little bit suspicious going, you know, what's going on up here?
0: Yeah, what, wasn't. she used the excuse that her dad was bought a property in the town next to them which will probably set alarm bells because he's cheap
1: yeah i saw that as well it seems i was broke as well yeah it seems there's there's a lot of sources all over the place but yeah either it's he went to do masonry work or he went to his a new house that he had just bought even though he's just had to rebuild a barn and a mill and a house so this is when the neighbors went to the police basically and wanted to get them to search the house so went to the police the police got a uh, search warrant organized, and this is when
2: kind of stuff really starts to kick off. But they didn't want to alert Lizzie, so what they did is they took her to the next town over to in- interview her about the disappearance of her husband. And while she was over there, they went into her house and they had a look around, trying to find the body, to see where is Paul. They searched the holiday house, and to their surprise, they found the bodies of two women, uh, badly decomposed, underneath hay out by the shed. So. Um, yeah, well, that obviously, they're like, well, what the fuck? We were looking for one old man, and now we've suddenly found two dead women. So they were completely shocked. The bodies were riddled with bullet holes, and they were also tied at the arms and legs. I think they had, they had eight bullet wounds each, wasn't it? Yeah, eight bullet wounds each, all close to the heart. Strange as it sounds. Uh, police were stumped. They had no idea who these people were or how they ended up dead in this house. So what they did was quite interesting. They found the labels on the clothes... And again, it probably wasn't, it was probably before things were mass produced in China. So they found the shop. It turns out it was a shop in New York, I think. And they went to that shop, they went to the locality and they got uh, pictures published in the paper, like, you know, are you missing these two people? And they got, and somebody got in touch with them. Here's where we meet the McQuillans again. The husband got in touch, his daughter and his wife had been missing. They'd left to Vermont to do some work and they'd never returned. So as it turns out, our old pal Lizzie had lured the two women to the house. We're not too sure why. This one, we've kind of, it's up for debate as to the other ones she'd killed to further herself or to eliminate, like, you know, the the son that she didn't like. So this one doesn't really make sense, whether it was a vendetta or it was some other reason. But she was determined to kill these two, and she did, quite savagely at that.
1: Yeah, there was some talk of when she went to to see them originally she had stayed with them and then when they figured out that lizzie wasn't actually their sister they'd kicked lizzie out and that she'd held a grudge or something so that she was trying to get revenge how that how
2: dare they i know <laughs> <laughs> i i think it was also a coincidence where she they had actually moved to her locality and she didn't know and she saw them advertising for work they'd had they had a sign mm. up in the local laundry or something and she saw the names and she was like oh i've got a good work for them target practice <laughs> Lizzie was arrested for this, and she was brought in, and straight away off the bat, she started exhibiting pretty bizarre behavior. She started, like, tearing her clothes off. She started talking, rambling incoherently. Yeah, and this is when people
1: were saying that she was using her experience in the the institution she had been in, that she was, like, copying what she had seen in the asylum.
2: Yeah, pretty much. So, again, that's something we might never know, but given her, the rest of her actions in the story, it's, it's very it's very hard to ever ever really tell. But a few days later then, after searching the house again, they found the body of her husband, Paul Halliday, badly mutilated.
0: Under the floorboards as well. Yeah, so she
1: went to a lot of effort to hide him, but then the other two women, she just kind of put a bit of hay over them in the barn.
0: I think, yeah, it was kind of a pit I think they were in. Yeah. But there was blood all over the house. They just So when the police looked for Paul originally, there was blood all over the, at the carpets and whatnot found the two women didn't know where paul was until that they looked through the house a bit more detail is it
1: i saw a report saying that it was the smell that they like that's how they found it which is not the nicest thought no no she's not a
0: nice woman no No. and
1: also they found that his body her husband paul holiday he was found under the forwards like he was shot and mutilated so he she seemed to kind of go to town on
2: him but anyway, so she's taken into custody and she has been acting really strange, but now it even gets worse. She refuses to eat. She attacked the sheriff's wife. She set fire to her own bed and she also tried to hang herself. So she was kind of just doing everything. She was almost like she was acting a bit mad, I guess. I hate you, you, mad, forgot
0: I thing. you forgot one there. You forgot one there. She tried to clear her own throat with a with broken glass from the window.
1: Yeah. And she said, uh, I thought I would cut myself to see if I would bleed.
2: That's so emo. Yeah, it is, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So it got to a stage where they actually had to chain her to her bed or they chain her to the floor, is what I hear. Um, Mm. So, because she was too, she would either hurt people or she'd try and hurt herself. She also kept making the accusation that these murders were not committed by her, they were committed by a band of gypsies. Which is very strange because it was kind of like a media circus on the outside. A lot of people really wanted to see her because at this stage, when you're arrested, people can come by and see you. It was a complete media circus when they found out that there was this woman serial killer on the loose or whatever, or being captured. So a lot of people wanted to come by and see her, and there was kind of a fear that she'd be publicly hung because the crowd outside were really angry and they just wanted... This was a time when, maybe with enough pressure, this could have actually happened. So the police were quite worried. And as well as that, there was also a rumor that the gypsies were coming to free her, which, um, again, I think was probably just scaremongering. I can't imagine they'd... I don't think she was a gypsy queen or anything, I think... this is just pure uh, sensationalism so which is a very difficult word to pronounce (laughs) but it actually that did lead me down a bit of a rabbit hole folks where i started looking up um kind of I, i was just curious about like the history of the concept of the tabloid which is kind of like trashy news so yeah it turns out there is a term for this and it's called yellow journalism and it has been around since about this time maybe even about 50 or 60 years beforehand the yellow journalism one is it's a it's not that interesting, but it's just about the fact that they you'd put up stuff so that people would buy your papers. So no big surprises there. But there's one thing I really liked that was going around the UK and the USA, and it's called a scandal sheet. Have you ever heard of that? No. no. Was it called a sun? <laughs> yeah, basically. But it's, it's basically like, you know, speaking about the rumors around town. Ah, didn't even get that. So either. it's like, you know, who's, who's fucking who or who's done, done, done something nasty? But the scandal sheets didn't really make their money from sales guess how they made the money ads By you paying them not to print your story god wow so that's how they made a lot of their money and actually i I guess in a way that may maybe still happens but um i just thought that was really interesting so when there's crazy sensationalist news going on they're like oh i don't want people to know you have to pay them off to not be in the paper but
1: those yellow like uh, the yellow journalism you're on about the yellow books would have been like a lot of western stories and kind of half truth half fiction and we would have seen those in mm. billy the kid as well oh yeah absolutely linking in episodes. i know Ooh. go back to episode Ooh. one yeah we definitely record these sequentially <laughs> while lizzie was in custody she requested to use the outhouse as is fairly normal so they brought her out to the toilet and kind of standing guard outside and they heard a really loud like thump into the outhouse uh, and Lizzie came out as normal. I was going to say she flushed, but I don't think you flush an outhouse. Uh, and she went back in and got locked up in her <laughs> cell. But then they searched the outhouse afterwards, which is pretty grim uh, to think about. And they discovered... A
0: poor guy that had to <laughs> root through that. <laughs> right. That's definitely the intern you get in. <laughs> Any job. Yeah. Um, How much do you want to be a guard? Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, jump in, get your goggles. Yeah. Uh-oh
1: jump in head first into the new job, uh, but in the outhouse they found a gun, bullets, and a bottle of chloroform, which is mad but also think that they did do a fairly in-depth strip search of her before she went into the jail cell, so I mean, can we just leave that up to people's imagination where she was storing those things?
2: I, I think that's the best thing to do. <laughs> Armpits? <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm just impressed either way. All of those things are very dangerous to be outside your body, let alone inside your body. <laughs>
1: yeah. Have you any of you ever been to, like, a gun range or anything?
2: It stuck yeah. something up your ass.
1: <laughs> but, like, if you've used a gun in a very safe environment with people who know what they're doing, and a gun that I know is working perfectly well, I'm still so terrified of it. And just have her been like, yep, I'm going to shove this somewhere. It's just... And also chloroform, probably more...
2: Well, we don't know, yeah. but... Yeah.
1: We also don't know how big the bottle of chloroform is. Is it, like, a big whiskey bottle or is it like a little like a essence of vanilla kind of size
0: I, it's still a bottle yeah
2: okay, yeah, fair. yeah i think back then chloroform could be prescribed to you for like sleep or something i, I, I just have these images from like community of them chloroforming themselves <laughs> yeah. but like uh i don't you know i don't know jesus everything that like everything they used back then was just insanely dangerous it's so funny all the medicines are just mental But she also made a couple more trips over the next few days, and um, she thought she was being secretive. They didn't tell her that they found this stuff that she'd been hiding in the poop. But they found some jewellery as well that was belonging to the McQuillan ladies. So, um, yeah, she obviously, wherever she was hiding the gun, she also had some jewellery and stuff up there too.
0: We're leaving it up to people's imagination, but yet you say up there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could have been it could have been in the folds of your clues, okay? We, you know, we don't need to be. Yeah, we don't know how thorough their strips are. I don't need to be as crass for... as I really am.
1: <laughs> is this yeah. like was this like the old equivalent of do you remember in school if you had if you were texting on your phone and the teacher said like lift up your hand, you'd like lift up your hand, but like let your phone slide down inside your jumper? Do you ever do that? You're way to. Oh, it was very good.
2: Yeah. Well, Connor went from like speaking of strip searches, do you remember in school? He's like, <laughs> Where's the story? Go? Listen, <laughs> on the border,
1: you're not sure who's That's carrying school bot. did you go to? <laughs> so, also while she was in custody, the sheriff at the time, the sheriff who was like in charge of her, he said, and a quote here recent investigations show that Miss Halliday is in all probability connected with the famous Whitechapel murders, which uh, we probably know more as the jack the ripper killings now these killings were in like 1888 i think uh and she was it was absolutely not her because she was in pennsylvania at that time so he was basically doing it to kind of create more of a stir which seeing as there was allegedly gypsies trying to free her and people trying to hang her seems like a very odd choice for him
0: On the 21st of June, 1894, Lizzie was convicted for the murder of both Margaret and Sarah McQuillan. Lizzie would be the first woman ever to sentence to death by the electric chair.
2: Which had just kind of come into use at the time. It was only about 10, 15 years old, I think.
0: I think it was only three or four. Yeah, it was very very
1: new. Um, But she never actually made it to the electric chair, right?
2: No. Lizzie would have been the first person to be put to death by electric chair, but she was acquitted in 1893 and her sentence was commuted to life. There's, a, there's an interesting story, though, that as she was being led out of the courtroom, um, the sheriff, who was kind of carrying her or escorting her, they were well used to her kind of um, outbursts and they she'd been biting and scratching and kicking and everything, so he wore very thick gloves, but she managed to clamp down on his hand and bite his hand very, very deeply. So, here's where we go back to kind of the tabloid stuff, because the news would call this, like, Poisoned by Miss Halliday's Bite, you know, she's a poison woman and all this fancy stuff. But in reality, it did get infected, and either he died or he got an amputation in the next month or so after the attack. Uh, we don't really know the answer to that one, but because um, of course they didn't have any form of uh, penicillin at the time, so any infection was pretty nasty. And so much as the bite of Miss Halliday—that's mad! Imagine, like biting through even tin gloves, like
0: yeah, thick leather. <laughs> During her time in the mental institution, Lizzie became close to one nurse called Nellie Wicks. So she was in the institution maybe 12 years at this stage. Nellie got very close to her, felt comfortable, didn't feel like she needed to be refrained.
2: At the same time, a lot of the nurses were warning Nellie, like, yeah. don't take your eyes off her. Be careful. This woman is a loose cannon. Nelly was like, she built a rapport and she built a trust and she believed that Lizzie had been changed, I guess. She hadn't attacked anyone like that in over 12 years.
1: Yeah, and Nellie was pretty new to this as well, right? So she was a new nurse, or like she was new staff. And I feel like, you know, when you start a new job, you're full of ideals of how you're going to do it and you're going to change and you're making
0: a difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Nellie got engaged and her and her future husband decided to move, meaning Nellie would have to leave this job. And the staff had told her not to tell Lizzie. And she was like, of course, I'm going to tell Lizzie. She's my friend. She's fine. Warned her again. Don't do it. Don't do it. She did it. She
2: said, you will not leave. Oh yeah. something Sorry, really, you right.
0: will not be leaving here
2: something quite ominous yeah.
0: yeah when they were alone lizzie took a pair of scissors and stabbed nelly over 200 times in the face and neck area
2: and she died yes
1: yeah and it was a pair of scissors that nelly like had on her i think it was like attached to her so it was like using her own like, very opportunistic killing
2: what a, well, that was her last victim
1: what a fun end to the podcast <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. nice, light-hearted. talk about cheery yeah uh, Lizzie
2: died in
0: 1918 and she was buried in an unmarked grave on the grounds of the hospital
2: oh yeah none of her relatives wanted to claim her didn't
0: they they kind of were pretty happy for her to stay yeah, I don't think anyone wanted to go near her she'd killed two husbands Two of them disappeared. They tripping. One was poisoned and one was shot dead. So, yeah. It is mad that no
1: family, because she had a lot of families, if you think about it. Like, all the families she married into. Like, that's even, that's worse than, like, no yeah, one coming true. to a normal person. You like, this is, she had so many family members. But
2: Well, evening, even her surviving siblings weren't very fond of her. And I think her sister came forward once to identify her. Um, You know, it was like, is this the person who did this here? And she's like, yeah, it is. And then she got out of there. Like, her family wanted nothing to do with her, basically. But yeah, The Worst Woman on Earth, that was a title that was dubbed to her by the New York Times, and it kind of stuck, since we're now still using it over, what, 100 years later? The New York Herald described her in a very interesting way, and I thought it was really nice. Well, I thought it was really apt. Hers was a remarkable career, showing that she possessed either a wonderful aptitude for crime or a strangely disturbed mind. Perhaps both of these endowments were hers. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm not. uh, She definitely had
1: an aptitude for crime in that she was good at committing them, but not great at getting away with them. Or maybe she was because she was getting away with
2: stuff. You can make the pun. Her executions were both good, but not great. Yeah, the newspaper clippings you can see from the time are mad, aren't they? Oh yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. They're really good. Oh yeah, and they um, this was back in the time when they thought that they could equate mental health issues to like head size. So there's a cast of her, a cast of her head was taken, of her skull, because um, they were like, well, it's obvious that she had mental issues because or she was a criminal. They thought you being a criminal was uh, indicative of the size of your head or something crazy. The shape of your so head, we can, yeah. I can, we can show you pictures of her head, basically. Yeah. I thought that was really funny. They just didn't know anything, really, did they? Or they thought they did. Uh, f- they that's
1: would... phrenology, I think, isn't it? That's um, the study of, like, the shape yeah. of your head defines who you are or what you're good at. I think phenology. For, hang on, I'll check it. Yeah. For, oh, I'm
2: phenology.
0: Fuck! I've got a fucking massive head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> murderer.
2: Bad. Connor Connor is quite a weird shaped head too. Now I must
1: say. I do. You notice it when I get a haircut? Yeah, and you have no beard. I have no beard. Some of the like posters and newspapers clippings are like they have the drawing of uh, the her stabbing the nurse two hundred times with the scissors and like mm. obviously not pictures, but it's like they're cartoons drawing her. It's just—it's just a crazy kind of thing, like you're saying, the yellow page journalism, so sensational. I'm sure it sold. I'm sure it sold papers. Yeah, but there's even reports at the time of like the conversation she had between her and the nurse before she stabbed her. Like they have in quotation marks, she said, "You'll never see this." It was like there's no one else in the room. They're just making this up. Yeah,
2: I guess so. But look, it's 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 funny that we're living in a time right now where true crime is even more appealing. People want to know everything about a murderer and, and murderers. Like true crime is such a topical, popular thing now. It's just it's bizarre how fascinated we are with these very, very, very gory details of society. I guess.
0: No, you wonder how she obviously had mental issues, but I think every killer or serial killer does. But was she just a serial killer and just a bad person, rather than? if it was that today we could help her
2: and on my side of things you hear stories about her like acting out in public and stuff and with husbands and beating them over the head with their cane and stuff but it does seem like it's aggregated aggravated when she's arrested which leads me to believe that maybe she was at some point putting it on but yeah overall no it's it's obvious this woman is very a was very person. ill Before we go, I came across a newspaper obituary for her that described her motivation, best of all, saying she was born with a desire to kill. Big thanks to Jordan O'Leary for providing the wonderful music. And that's it from us this week. See you next time on Out of Ireland.
1: fucking Mary Poppins are she has